Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kizzy is an African-American scientist who is right at the forefront of the development of the vaccine. So the first thing you might want to say to my African-American brothers and sisters is that the vaccine that you're going to be taking was developed by an African-American woman. The real blame here is Mitch McConnell, is the Republicans, is the president, is a party that does not want to help people, that is working on one side to actually make sure the pandemic kills as many people as possible. This country is going to be minority white European. Hear me? Minority white European. And you guys are going to have to start working more with Hispanics. Hear me? (laughs) You hear him? You guys, finally. It's going to be up to you. You guys are going to have to work with the Hispanics now. Sorry, the the Hispanics. The Hispanics. That's right. (laughs) The Hispanics. Hear me? At least you didn't call them Latinx. These are these are the people on the left these days. You've got Anthony Fauci assuring black people that don't worry, the vaccine, one of the vaccines was uh, invented in part by a black person, so it's okay to take. <laughs> it's okay to take. We Imagine know. how terribly condescending that is. Oh. <laughs> My dear black brothers and sisters. That's how they talk, right? Brothers and sisters, that's a thing, right? Good. All right. Jesus. Uh, Man, <sighs> it's possible to celebrate the achievements of black people, I think, without being so cringe. Yeah, without <laughs> being so pandering and insulting. You people invented the telephone. What was that? Was it the tel- or electricity? That's right. The light bulb. You people invented the light bulb. It's like, Joe, you don't have to make <laughs> stuff up here. We're, we're very proud. We've done a lot of things. You don't have to give us a light bulb. <laughs> Just calm down. All right. Jesus. Well, uh, but that is this Biden stuff I love. It's a great interview uh, from the not Intercept. Not an interview. Well, it's a no, right. So the Intercept um illegally or whatever covertly got its paws on a 
a, um, a Joe Biden conference call with some black leaders around the country. And um, and it's really good stuff. I mean, there's some of the stuff is really good stuff. Um, they didn't release it without uh, without uh, just as a raw bulk, which I would have preferred. But so I had to like, go in there and kind of chop stuff up. But it's good. And a couple things. Well, we're going to get to it. We're not going to start there. But uh, two things that you should know. <laughs> Jesus, this guy's remarkable. Joe Biden is not afraid to yell at black people, and you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna find that out very shortly. I don't know what he's so pissed off about either. I'm not even sure, but that's coming up very shortly. Do I have a new? Uh, oh, did I not get it? Did I get it? Do you see something in here that says Sharpton, Ellis? I don't know. Oh yeah, I did. Okay, good. And another thing is, I have a new respect for Al Sharpton. He's now my guy. I appreciate it. <laughs> But uh, I want to start with this. We've known, I mean, we've talked about this. Uh, you know, the right loses its mind, too. And uh, there are a bunch of people on the right right now who have suspended themselves from reality. <laughs> and that's fine. But the left, they're thinkers. They're prized thinkers. In are you okay, Alice? The yes. prized thinkers. What's wrong? Why are you covering your mouth? Today's just so funny. I'm sorry. So Why much is it fun. funny? There's just so much hilarious stuff happening. I can't help it. I was just thinking about one of the things I'm going to tell you about later. Oh, good. Our um, Jack Russell Terrier, Dave, <laughs> who's in a um, virtual tie for <laughs> stupidity with our... Um, <laughs> With our foxhound Pepper, um, managed somehow last night to eat something that was wrapped in tin foil, aluminum foil, and uh, has been defecating around the house chunks of aluminum foil, which is exactly what I was where I was hoping I'd be when I hit forty-seven years old. Dave appears to be fine, I guess, uh, but uh, whatever he had a hankering for whatever was in the foil in the foil itself. He chased it with, he chased whatever I think was, might have been chicken bones or something. I don't know what he ate, but he somehow spelunked into the trash can overnight or something and ate all sorts of stuff, including metal. So that's him. That's here he oh, is. Oh, here's Dave. Fact. You got to show Dave now, Alice. You can't show Dave. You no. got to show Dave. He can hop up here. Hi, Dave. Come here. Okay. Come get here. Dave in there. Hi, Dave. Pick up little Dave. Anson, <laughs> Cyril just let in Dave. Hi, there's Dave. Dave. Dave's tummy's feeling a little off because he's uh, he just ingested at least one metal, maybe more. But that's fine. Okay, so this guy, Ananjira, in the last name that cannot be pronounced, what's his name? I don't know how to say it either. So this is a guy, uh, he's a beloved media guy, former New York Times columnist, does some hits as a pundit for this or that. Um, Anand, his name is Jiridahara. Okay. Uh, and uh, he it, it jumped onto CNN today. Just to let the left know how angry they should be, how angry they should be, because this uh, COVID relief bill has, in his mind, been held up by Republicans, which it hasn't. The huge omnibus monster bill, uh, you know, was shot down by Republicans, but the Republicans were asking for relief months and months and months ago. Pelosi just didn't want the small stuff. She didn't want a la carte relief. She wants a huge monster bill, give away to unions, give away to God knows what else, the environmental uh, lobby and all sorts of other folks who have nothing to do with this COVID thing, but that's what she's waiting for. And she just held off on the legislation, held off working with the Republicans because she wanted to hurt Donald Trump for the election. So now Biden is the president or going to be the president. And um, and now she says, oh, it's okay now. It's okay now since Biden is the president. Now we can have a bill and we can do all sorts of stuff. 
And so if you've been waiting for a leaf, like uh, people I know, including a couple people in this room have been, you know, it kind of sucks that uh, they absolutely used us uh, as, a, you know, political pawns simply to win the election. And it, the months and months of relief never got to anybody. And livelihoods have been destroyed. And I say it again and again. Businesses have gone under, whatever. And as long as Nancy Pelosi, you know, the 89-year-old person who is independently wealthy, who doesn't have to worry about COVID relief, who has, you know, ice cream that costs 16 bucks a pint or whatever it is, you know, who, while she destroyed businesses during COVID, was happy to uh, go out while you were locked in and use a business during COVID and get her hair done because it's that's so important. But that's fine. That, that's what was happening. So now this idiot, and uh, now is um, he is angry, and he's telling Democrats that this is all the GOP's fault. Remember, they did it all. This it wasn't Pelosi. It wasn't it wasn't the good guys. It was the GOP's fault, uh, and uh, you know his record of what exactly the GOP did is rather shocking. The real blame here is Mitch McConnell, is the Republicans, is the president, is a party that does not want to help people, that is working on one side to actually make sure the pandemic kills as many people as possible. That seems to be the logical consequence of their policy. And then to make sure that all the people who managed to survive it, despite their policy, uh, suffer economically and beyond. I do remember that when Trump went over the five-point plan for the COVID uh, relief and him saying, well, first priority is to kill as many people as possible. And that's why he seems disappointed still that it's it's still under 300,000. So this is how the left thinks. Obviously, the right is all killers and murderers and, and cretins, whatever. And these are all bad, 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 bad. Nancy Pelosi, he's just like the media, actually. There's no need to vet her. Everything she said is just as is true, obviously. Why aren't we hearing thundering speeches from Joe Biden, from Pelosi, from Schumer. Um, maybe because they're uh, senile. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, thundering speeches are not something that's going to happen uh, in a President Biden's term, unless <laughs> unless he's yelling at a room full of minorities. Apparently, you, you, which I'll play in for for you shortly. Um, but uh, so the. Making this case in a way that bends public opinion, forces Republicans into a corner. This is not about Medicare for all right now. We're not talking about sweeping social policy. This is not about, you know, do we, like, reduce our footprint of empire around the world? <laughs> our footprint of empire, Albie. This is emergency relief in the worst crisis since the Great Depression. And we're having this little Washington committee talk instead of talk of muscularly dealing with uh, the, the restoration of some balance in people's lives, some stability, food on people's tables. And you yeah, and, and we had uh, discussed this. A $3 trillion package was served up, uh, you know, again and again and again and again and again. And Pelosi wanted nothing to do with it. She wants $8 trillion or God knows how many trillions uh, so that she can take care of all her buddies. So you can talk to her about this and about her uh, lack of muscularity. I have word coming out yesterday or today that in Joe Biden's meeting with civil rights leaders this week, he was skeptical of the claims people make about his executive authority. He is not as comfortable wielding that executive authority as others are comfortable with him wielding. This is not a time for milk toast. Watch that woman again. Watch that woman. Okay, thank you, and It's been fun. This is Joe Biden. Um, yelling at the folks in the room on the uh, the civil rights panel um, I about this. There's some things that I'm going to be able to do by executive order. And I'm not going to hesitate to do it. 
But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to do what used to, Benita, you probably used to get angry with me during the debates when you'd have some of the people you were supporting that on day one, I'm going to executive order to do this. Not within the constitutional authority. I am not going to violate the Constitution. There is a Constitution. It's our only hope. Our only hope. Dang. Biden fell right out of a Cato Institute in that one. Here, here. I'll take it. Um, before we get to the Biden, more Biden stuff, I want to go through. Alice, as you can see, is being uh, harassed over there. So I've shut her mic off so you don't hear the screamings of a – is he two or three else? He's two. If you don't hear the screamings of a two-year-old making demands of his mother. Maybe we'll get a reprieve here because he's got a phone. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Anthony Fauci uh, pandering to uh, black Americans. Dr. Kizmekia Corbett or Kizzy Corbett. Kizzy is an African-American scientist who is right at the forefront of the development of the vaccine. So the first thing you might want to say to my African-American brothers and sisters is that the vaccine <laughs> that you're going to be taking was developed by an African-American woman. And that is just a fact. I mean, that is a fact. And I think that's some of the things that people don't fully appreciate. Okay, so just take the medicine, all right? It checks out, okay, for the standards that I assume uh, that you have, the, the black community has. And so it checks out. So just, oh, man, man. I mean, is that better than I have a black friend? So <laughs> No. No, that's saying you people. That's you people, absolutely. Uh, so the other medical expert wants to speak to you on this um, vaccine and has actually has some health advice for all of us, not just um, marginalized uh, populations, is Ralph Northam, the governor of Virginia, who has some guidance for us about uh, celebrating Christmas. This is a holy time for multiple faith traditions. Tonight, as a matter of fact, is the first night of Hanukkah. Christmas is two weeks away. The holidays are typically times of joy and community. We gather together, we celebrate our faith, and we celebrate with family. But this year, we need to think about what is truly the most important thing. Is it the worship or the building? For me, God is wherever you are. You don't have to sit in the <laughs> church pew for God to hear your prayers. So I strongly call on our faith leaders to lead the way and set an example for their members. Worship with a mask on is still worship. Worship outside or worship. Should he be talking about masks ever, ever, ever? Ralph Northam, of course, is the governor who was uh, in blackface and or uh, dressed as a Klansman in <laughs> one, one of the his two. <laughs> in one of his um, uh, yearbooks, and the photos came out, and it was uh, an interesting little uh, moment. Yeah, and I guess the, he was exempted from the cancel culture, but the yeah. trouble started when this racist photo emerged from his medical school yearbook page. At first, Northam confirmed he was one of the two men in the photo. But the next day, I believe then and now that I am not either of the people in that photo. He believes he was neither of the people in the photo mm -hmm. is what he believes, Alice. Yeah. So if you believe that, then that's your truth, I think. And you can just say that. So it's hard to tell. That's who's after under the admitting clan that he was one of the two, but he wouldn't say which one. 
He right. wouldn't say which one. He's not sure which one is worse, being in blackface or being in the Klansman outfit. I can ha- say that being in the Klansman outfit, considering it's Hanukkah, could be considered. And then he offensive. held a tell-all presser where he admitted yes. that he also but put. Then Northam admitted he had appeared in blackface once before during a dance contest in 1984 where he dressed as Michael Jackson. I had that must have been one hell of a dance contest to watch. Regardless, a bunch of guys like Ralph Northam. <laughs> uh, the shoes. I had a, a glove. Uh, and I used just a little bit of shoe polish to put under my or on my cheeks. And the reason I used a very little bit is because I don't know if anybody's ever tried that, but you cannot get shoe polish off. And Excellent focus, Mr. Governor. Excellent focus. <laughs> when a reporter inquired if he could still moonwalk, the governor seemed to want to try. Are you still able to moonwalk? Uh, <laughs> let's look over the my wife says inappropriate circumstances. I don't understand. What is it? The <laughs> press conference about being in blackface or dressed as a Klansman? Or Zachary Keish asking him this question. Do you think as a grown adult that it's problematic that you need to have it explained to you that blackface is offensive? <laughs> Zachary Keish, good on you for really uh, twisting the dagger when asking a question. Do you think as an adult, nice? No. I, you know, I'm not a person of color, and and people. Have well, occasionally you are apparently. <laughs> color uh, experience different things. Uh, it affects them different ways. Nearly every politician in Virginia has called on Northam to resign, but he didn't, and so he's there now telling you how to celebrate Christmas <sighs> with his best uh, voice of the clergy. Yeah, I mean, thank you, Ralph Northam, for explaining your theological views on prayer and the sacraments and the value of uh, attending church, because we really appreciate that. It just, it kills me because these are the same people who would be, like, wildly offended if you told them that, like, your way of worshiping God was the right way. Mm -hmm. Like, if I told, you know, the people who like to go commune with nature or something that you know, being in church and uh, participating in the Eucharist was the right way to worship the creator of the universe. They would, like, be offended that I told them that. But Ralph Northam can sit here and tell me that my way of worshiping God isn't as valid as just sitting at home and watching a Zoom service. Screw you. Like, I mean, it's it's really shocking to me that they don't see any First Amendment issue there. But that's because that's, to them... To people like secular humanist type people, mm-hmm. um, all religion is just bunk anyway. Right. So it doesn't matter. Well, it's, uns- but it's unsophisticated. Right. And, but yeah. that is a theological view. Mm-hmm. To say that uh, like the sacraments of a church that has sacraments have no real value and that it's just as good to watch a Zoom service, is that's a theological thing that you're saying about my religion. And it is offensive, by the way. Happy Hanukkah, by the way, to... Um, those of you who celebrate Hanukkah out there. Do you know what Hanukkah is? Yes. What is it? It's the celebration of the Maccabees for throwing off their uh, overlords and reclaiming the city of Jerusalem and the rededication of the temple. The books of the Maccabees are in our Bible. We celebrate, we venerate the Maccabean martyrs, actually, as saints of our church as well. So, um, so yeah, so the, the rededication of the you temple. You say they, ventilate. Venerate. Okay. Venerate. Um, that's, and that's something as with, ven- that's something as with a venerable, backbone. As in venerable? That's something with no, a backbone. No, So, what's, um, what, But the rededication the of the temple, there was a miracle at the rededication of the temple. 
because they didn't have enough oil to keep the candles lit. But the oil stayed lit for eight nights. So that's the hence the eight nights and the and the lights and all that stuff. But it's a it's a celebration of a victory in war. Um over people who were oppressing the Jewish people and not allowing them to practice their religion. Sounds hint, like, hint, is, Governor Northam. Is there an imperial footprint at play? Uh, there is, but uh, I, my point is that um, Hanukkah is a celebration of being able to practice your religion and not having to conform to a secular culture that tells you you must be a part of the secular mainstream culture and you can't practice your Jewish religion. Um, at that time, and uh, and and the Jewish people violently throwing off the people who told them to do that and getting rid of them. So, just I think it's a great cautionary tale for our day. You know what else? If you had asked me what Hanukkah is, you would have gotten word for word the same answer. <laughs> same answer, although I would have left uh, invertebrates out of it. Um, okay, so uh, where was I before I got off track? Was I done with that, with Northam? Are we done with Northam? Because I want to check in on Hunter Biden very quickly. Oh, I do want to check in on Hunter Biden. I have a list of some... Uh, oh, Jesus. From some good Hunter Biden statements from back in October from a lot of people who knew a whole lot about the Hunter Biden case and how it was uh, dangerous misinformation and uh, disinformation, in fact, from the Russians and was uh, absolutely not credible. And so so I have some some of those statements to share with you. All right. Um, so let's first of all, uh, Dr. Jill Biden was asked about Hunter Biden today during a photo spray. Yeah, I was Dr. already talking to him. Dr. Biden, oh, one thing on the news, reaction to the news of the investigation of your son. Let's go. That sound you hear is the sound of reporters and photographers being bull rushed out of the room. No, they're not taking questions on anything like that. Now, before you get to it, Alice found a great piece of audio, which we probably played a couple of months ago, with Liz Harrington of the uh, RNC and Christine Amanpour. And Liz Harrington almost imploring Amanpour to please do a little bit of journalism. And we found this laptop, uh, uh, Christine uh, Amanpour, and you would think that you'd be interested in this. Okay, you know what also the United States government says? The FBI says this Laptop is not Russian disinformation. So what are you talking about here? This laptop is real. It's not just the laptop. There's other emails. There's text messages. They are real. So okay. according to the Guess U.S. What? government, I the know FBI that you're trying has to verified move everybody this. to look at that. But that's not what we're hearing from Why the FBI. Why don't you want to record this? No, this is the one of the most powerful no, families Liz, in Washington. Liz, the Liz. Biden family. And you're okay. You're okay with our interests being sold out to profit. Uh, Joe Biden and his family, when when we're suffering during a pandemic from communist yes, China, he's doing shady business deals with As communist you know, China. You- absolutely, absolutely condescending brush off. I told you I, at that at this time was happening. I talked to a a um, progressive producer, media guy, and said the same thing about the laptop. And he said, "Yeah, that's a Republican Oppo research." And I said, "Yeah, that's what's called <laughs> news, idiot." Jesus Christ. This this should be shocking to you. Remember when uh, the New York Times ran an article about how many speeding tickets Marco Rubio's wife had? Yes. (laughs) That was important, actually. I'm a speeding ticket issue voter. Comfortable. Okay. As as you know perfectly well, I'm a journalist and a reporter. Oh, man. In 2020, if somebody tells you they're a journalist, high and mighty, uh, look out because they probably suck at it. And I follow the facts. Follow the facts. Awesome. Facts and science, it's what we follow. Uh, it's not at all what they follow. 
The fact is, somebody had the damn laptop of the uh, you know Democratic nominee's son, and they found it. And the laptop had all sorts of interesting receipts and proof and uh, photos and videos, including a video of a uh, what appeared to be Hunter Biden snorting cocaine off the naked body of a young woman, which you would think that maybe would pique your interest if you're a reporter, saying, who's the woman? I think that snorting cocaine off of anybody is illegal, but maybe we'd want to find out who the woman is. You know, maybe we'd want to find <laughs> out who this guy who's been transacting, you know, with foreign countries, who's been transacting and enriching himself by, by these foreign countries, he, that maybe if he's been openly snorting cocaine off the naked body of a living, by the way, given that, uh, young lady, that perhaps this guy involves himself in scenarios uh, even bolder, scenarios that could sim- easily be used to blackmail the administration or, let's say, the incoming president of the United States, and maybe that's national security stuff, and that should be a crucial piece of the news, maybe. And there has never been any issues yes, in terms that. of corruption. Now, let me ask- Did you just hear that? I'm almost tempted to just walk through the plate glass window that's over there and just hurl myself to the driveway. There's never been any corruption. No, it's all over. <laughs> no, there just hasn't been any. Nope. Has, no, no, that's... I'll ask you this. Yesterday, the wait, FBI... Wait, wait, the wait, FBI How do you know and, that? I'm talking about reporting and any evidence. Yes, which we're not engaged in currently, and uh, we don't intend to be. So we're not reporting it. We're not putting reporters on this story, uh, Liz Harrington. And uh, so there'll be no evidence turned up by us. And any evidence that you get or anybody other news media gets that could be considered conservative will be considered Russian propaganda that you're laundering uh, through a news organization. And that's how the facts first CNN operates. I'm talking to you now. Okay, I would love if you guys would start doing that digging and start doing that verification. No, we're not going to do your work for you. I want to ask you a question. The FBI, it's a journalist's contrary, job, it's a journalist's job to, to, to find out if this is verified. CNN, we're not going to do your work for you. So in work, that work is to dig into Democratic candidates and progressive. We're not going to do your work for and look into that stuff. No, that's your. that would benefit you. We're not going to do that. No. God, not going to do your work for you. This is beautiful. Christine Amanpour was, by the way, very influential and somebody very much engaged in uh, the post-9-11 coverage in Afghanistan and Iraq, and somebody who probably was influential there, and God knows mm-hmm. the veracity of any bit of her freaking reporting. She's a, it's a dangerous, uh, irresponsible uh, mm-hmm. piece of reporting that she's done here and throughout her career. Alice, you had a uh, lisp? A lisp? Yes. A list? Yes, Joe Biden had a lisp. You have a list. Go Joe ahead. Biden had a stutter. Um, oh, so sorry. I did round up a few. Although, no, he mentioned that sometimes you could see a gay waiter with a lisp. Right. That's different. <laughs> That's different. So, um, unfortunately, some of these are on my phone, which I might have to steal back if I can't find them again. But Uh-oh. Okay. But here well, we go. Do, hold on, Apostolos, before, before we get any further. A lot of you are very successful businessmen and women. If you were at a fancy restaurant in Washington five, six years ago at an important business meeting and a gay or lesbian waiter came up or transgender 
spoke with a lisp or demonstrated they were Jesus. gay or lesbian. <laughs> this one demonstrated Someone at that luncheon table right, said... Prances over on a, on a pink uh, unicorn, I assume, throwing... I frequently demonstrate my... Uh, throwing glitter around. I, I imagine what Joe Biden thinks it is. Uh, it has, wears a bunch of fruit around his neck. I assume. Can you imagine? And also, wait... If you're a gay lesbian, <laughs> when did the lesbians get uh, hit with the lisp from Joe too? Well, how, yeah, how do lesbians demonstrate that they're, uh, you know, according to I don't Joe know Biden. what Joe thinks. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I defer to you again, Alice. Please. Take so it we on. have uh, Sam Stein from the Daily Beast. He uh, tweeted out that their article about the the Hunter Biden money laundering probe, um, and Sam Stein says. Evidence of a money laundering probe into Hunter Biden was apparent in the markings on a series of documents that were made public, but went largely unnoticed in the days leading up to the November election. My goodness. They went largely unnoticed, honey. Nobody noticed them. That is incredible. Nobody noticed. Incredible. Uh, Jack Dorsey noticed. You know, the New York Post uh, was not allowed to, uh, you know, provide uh, news coverage leading up to the election. Yeah. Andy Stone, uh, the Facebook exec on Twitter, he made it clear. He said, well, I will intentionally not link to the New York Post. I want to be clear that this story is eligible to be fact-checked by Facebook's third-party fact-checking mm-hmm. partners. In the meantime, we are reducing its distribution on our platform. This is our standard process to reduce the spread of misinformation. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Andy Stone. Yes. Well everything, done. everything that was ever tweeted, every theory that came out of the 2016 election, uh, that was not reduced. That was allowed. Yeah. That was encouraged. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um. Yeah. So, but uh, other people were even more explicit. Uh, ben Rhodes tweeted, it still disgusts me that any reporter's response to that garbage Russian disinformation in the New York Post was to ask the Biden campaign for comment on the allegations. Have we learned nothing? That moron was (laughs) a a senior uh, foreign policy official in the uh, Obama administration. He held sway. His opinion, the things, the thoughts that went through his dumb head uh, were considered important in a boardroom, in a meeting. In fact, this money laundering and influence peddling that Biden's son and brother were doing happened on his watch during the mm. Obama campaign. They were selling influence with an administration he was working for, and he's calling it garbage Russian disinformation and saying that reporters should be ashamed for covering it, for even asking. Right. For even asking. And I said this at the time. How come they're not even asking if this is actually Hunter Biden's laptop? How come they're not even asking? Right. You think you'd want to know. You, think you know, you'd... you just ask them, you know, and you can take their word for it. Absolutely. But but just ask. I mean, is this really the laptop? Are these really his emails? Is this really a real thing? Nope. Didn't ask. Didn't ask. Um, and then we have uh, one reporter. You might have this in the audio, actually. We had Bo Erickson at CBS actually asked Joe Biden. Um, and he asked Joe Biden, what is your response to the New York Post story about your son, sir? And he's said he called it a smear campaign and said, I knew you'd ask it. I have no response. It's another smear campaign right up your alley. Those are the questions you always ask. Right. Yeah. That's the, the audio is tough on that one because the plane engine is really loud. So right. I skipped it. But Right. But yep. he posted this on Twitter and uh, got yelled at by a bunch of other blue check marks yep. for asking such a question. Neera Tandon, incoming to the Biden administration, says, maybe this says more about you than him. Yep. 
And she said, my standards recognize the difference between pushing back on Russian disinformation and calling the press the enemy of the people. But then again, I'm not a tool of Russian disinformation. So there you go. You ask Biden what his response is, and he... And you're an enemy of the people and a tool of Russian disinformation. Um, then you have down here. Um, then you have down here. Who else do we have? Um, can you set sorry. him up with whatever he's asking for? Or else he's asking for something. He said again. So can you do whatever you did before the again? I know. Well, I just I'm trying to look at something. No, I know. I know. But also. it's, it's, it's just... so you have Matthew Dowd says. Lord, you ask someone about an article that has already been proven false and having Russian propaganda as its basis, I would suggest taking a look in the mirror. Yep. Chris Jackson, stop asking him to respond to BS when you know it's disinformation. Exactly. Yvette Nicole Brown. These are all blue checkmark people. That you asked him about a Russian-fueled smear campaign says everything about you, boo-boo. Suzanne Lindbergh, one of the people at his station, says, because it is known Russian disinformation that the feds are investigating, you are breathing life into a Russian intel operation against our democracy. Can you imagine these freaking idiots, these bunch of over-accredited idiots? Right, John. Dummies, overpaid game show hosts, cupcake dolls, and they're... Yeah. Here comes John Cooper. Bo, why are you carrying Trump's water? You're a smart guy and must certainly know this story is nothing more than Russian disinformation. What is your motivation in pushing this propaganda? No, nobody. Joe Biden is his own man. His campaign is run by Democrats, many of them conventional Democrats for many decades. And there, there are no shadowy figures. Exactly. No shadowy figures whatsoever. Now, the New York Times is now reporting that the Biden team has rejected some of the claims made in the New York Post articles, but has not disputed the authenticity of the laptop files on which they were based. Oh, oh, now you tell us. Now, now it's fine. David Frum said the people on the far right (laughs) and far left who publicized the obviously bogus New York Post story were not dupes. They were accomplices. The story could not have been more obviously fake if it had been wearing dollar stores. All right, let me pop over to um, some of the Biden with the civil rights uh, stuff here. Um, okay, and we'll get back to that uh, as soon as um, Alice is uh, unencumbered by uh, by uh, Cyril. Um, so, um, so Biden, like I said, and Alice found this audio. Biden um, uh, found this. Um, th- oh, good. Okay. All right. Here we go. Biden found this, uh, Alice found this great audio of Biden with the civil rights. Israel is in trouble, I think. I don't think she's very happy. I don't blame her. I don't blame her. She's she's so prepared for today's show. She's been studying. She's got a whole bunch of stuff to say. And, uh, you know, the reality comes, you know, that, uh, you know, parenting stuff happens. And unfortunately, I mean, I guess I could take him, but I've got the audio here. But we'll talk about that, actually. Maybe we should come out with a tandem thing. And you can let me know, too, if you think that we should have a tandem thing for when we get overrun by a small child, should we switch off? Because actually, Alice could sit here and do all this stuff, too. I mean, all I'm doing is I've got uh, I've got a soundboard full of sound. That's it's really it. Um, But we'll discuss that. But I hope she can come back soon because she was really so excited about today's show because she's got all sorts of stuff to say. She's been... Excited. Okay, so Biden talks to um, leaders, uh, black leaders around the country, including Al Sharpton, 
And, you know, this was kind of the formal post, um, you know, Black Lives Matter, uh, racial, uh, you know, reconciliation uh, summer, you know, meeting now, now that he's uh, president-elect, uh, to talk about his agenda. And, of course, there are things that they want from him. The, the, you know, the, the, the black community came out and voted for Biden. You know all about James Clyburn giving Biden uh, Super Tuesday century and essentially in uh, South Carolina and uh, after he got shellacked in Iowa, he was, uh, he was you know, it was uh, game on. And really, Clyburn using his uh, power and influence really saved his bacon. So, so Biden uh, is talking to these black leaders. Now, what throws me, what blew me away from this, <laughs> this is from The Intercept, by the way, is that, um, is that he's yelling a lot. And I don't understand. Well, I, I mean, I I've been watching Biden long enough so that I know what he, sometimes he thinks his best approach to a room is to yell. But <clears throat> you make your own judgment. So um, <laughs> sometimes... It also pulls stuff out of the air, like he always does. Here's a good example of that. For some reason, they go in the back and forth, and Biden lets the the folks know that he was on the ground floor for some of the uh, revelations about uh, coronavirus and its impact on the minority community. I'm the first person, black or white, who calls attention to the fact that you were finding that there was the, the rate of people who were African-Americans are dying was three times that of, of, of white people. So, um, obviously, this would be a good time to employ Daniel Dale. Joe Biden is his own man. His campaign is run by Democrats, many of them conventional Democrats. Yeah, I don't know if Biden is the first person, but why are you yelling it? I'm the first person, black or white, <laughs> who calls attention to the fact that you were finding that there was the, the rate of people who were African-Americans are dying was three times that of, of, of white people. <laughs> Stop yelling at them, Joe. Okay. Okay, nobody's a dog-faced pony soldier. You don't have to fight anybody. You know, that part of the election's over. I don't carry around a stamp on my head saying progressive and I'm AOC, but I have a more of a record of getting things done in the United States Congress than anybody you know. Anybody you know. First of all, how do you know that you have a record of getting stuff done in the, more than anybody they know? Why do you suggest that their ability to know a lot of people who might have more influence in Congress is limited just by just by appearances or just by a feeling you have? And also, why are you yelling at them? And also, that was mean. I don't carry around a stamp on my head saying progressive and I'm AOC, but I have a more of a record of getting things done in the United States Congress than anybody you know. Anybody you know. All right. We have a reappearance by Al Shattuck. Um. Almost reappearance. You seem slightly frazzled. You you look beautiful still. I haven't turned my camera back on yet. Oh, your camera's oh your camera's off for the angry face. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Talking to the microphone, please. Okay. Speaking to the microphone, please. Okay. So at, at some point, while Alice was carrying the child out, I was a little worried because the look she had in her face was <laughs> it looked like I was going to murder somebody. Yeah. Is there proof of life on the child? <laughs> He's fine. His diapers changed. He is supposedly being entertained downstairs by his siblings. So we will see. Okay. Well, you look lovely. Welcome back to the show. So we <laughs> were you. wondering, Alice, or I was wondering aloud, because I'm uh, such a uh, oh, feminist. Sorry, mm -hmm. that's my left foot. Oh, wait. I haven't transitioned my camera back on yet. Sorry. Hi. Okay. I'm back. Were we recording on video that whole time? Yes. Okay. Yes, we were. Maybe audio, too? 
audio too. Why did you lose your audio? Or no, my audio is wonderful. Oh, okay. Um, Sometimes so, you forget to record too. You know what? I'm only human else. I'm only human. We all are only human. Mm -hmm. So we were thinking that maybe should we come to a thing here where where um, where we tandem? Sometimes I take him out of the room. Um. I mean, if it's for purposes um, that where fully functional mammaries are in, involved. Then, then that would be harder for you. That yes. would be harder. But this was a diaper change kind of situation. But maybe sometimes we should go tandem and you can rock this baby alone. What do you think? Maybe, although I can't do audio drops. You can't? I mean, you sit over here. I go and you sit here. I mean, I guess. It seems complicated, though. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. I don't know. <coughs> All Shall right. I finish letting you know my... Well, we're on to the... Oh. The... Uh, we'll, we'll get... It's a Hunter Biden? Yeah. Okay, we'll get back to it. It'll be okay. the last thing we can do. Okay, so we're on to Biden yelling at the... Um, black leaders uh, okay. in the Zoom meeting for some reason. I'm the first person, black or white, who calls attention to the fact that you were finding that there was the, the rate of people who were African-Americans are dying was three times that of, of, of white people. Jeez, okay, like that. I don't carry around a stamp on my head saying progressive and I'm AOC, but I have a more of a record of getting things done in the United States Congress than anybody you know. Anybody you know. Jeez, he's so antagonizing. <laughs> Anybody you angry? know. You understand that? Damn it. This is obviously, this is the high point during the Zoom meeting. By 2040, this country is going to be minority white European. Hear me? Minority white. Yeah, we hear you. <laughs> why are we, like, why, this is like you're about to punish the kids and send them to bed for misbehaving at dinner. <laughs> you hear me? Jesus. By 2040, this country is going to be minority white European. Hear me? Minority white European. And you guys are going to have to start working more with Hispanics, <laughs> who make up a larger portion of the population than y'all do. Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we're going away soon, just so you know, out of the levels of, uh, levers of power. We're going away soon. We're about to be supplanted <laughs> by the Hispanics, just so you know. Not you. Absolutely not. The Hispanics are about to supplant us. They're going to be the big, <laughs> the big men on campus soon, and you're going to have to start to work with them. Do you understand that? And unlike <laughs> you, they're not a monolith. You know, they vary. They're all sorts of different. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, first of all, this is funny to me because this whole thing is this is this was a talking point on the left for like a long time that the US was gonna become minority white and then it became a talking point on the right and all of a sudden the left disavowed it and said it was like white supremacists to say that, you know? Because then it became like they were like, Oh, you're implying that it's like white genocide, all this stuff, like in the the El Paso shooter or whatever had that as part of his manifesto that like um, white people are being replaced or whatever, which no one had that as a narrative until the left started pushing it. So it's funny to me that Biden hasn't gotten the memo yet that you're not allowed to say that white people are being replaced by Hispanics because that turned into like a weird uh, like ethno-nationalist talking point. <laughs> so so you're not supposed to actually highlight that anymore because that turned out to not be a popular 
for whatever reason, I don't know, telling white people that they're going to be replaced turned out to not be popular with more radical white people. I don't know. But um, so anyway, so he didn't get that memo. Also, the the fact that he says they need to start working with the Hispanics. Which is like, just, just can you if you're going to get one word right, just get that one right. Like the name of the ethnic group that you're trying <laughs> to name, you know, I don't know. But so on the note of um, things that we should or shouldn't call Latino people. There is an absolutely fantastic thing that happened on Twitter today, um, which is that this like professor of race, uh, or I don't know what she is. Um, let me look at her Twitter bio. She's a professor of sociology at um, UC Merced, which is just short for Mercedes. I don't know. I've never a Merced, California, I guess. I don't UC Merced, author of Deported Immigrant Policing, Disposable Labor, and Global Capitalism, and other books. She is a white woman. Mm -hmm. And um, she um, today tweeted that her teen daughter asked her if Latinx is a race or an ethnicity. So she's a professor of like race and stuff. So um, uh, how do you think that? Um, she's going to tell her, her, respond to her daughter here. Uh, Latinx race or, I don't know. I told her to read chapter seven of my book, Race and Racisms, so that we can have an informed discussion. Oh, (laughs) Jesus. At first I thought this was parody. I have to be honest. So I went looking at her account to try and figure out if, um, this was for real, but it is unfortunately for real that she told her daughter to go read her book on race <laughs> so that they could have Jesus. an informed discussion. I just asked if Latinx was a race or ethnicity. It's neither. It's a word invented by white people that Hispanic people don't like, by the way. <laughs> so just to let you know, it's like 90% of Latino people who have heard of the word Latinx don't like it. So, um, but this. I mean, this is almost beyond parody. Another academic, Dr. William Lopez, responded to her and said, My daughter begged me to read my book, which is slightly above Jesus Christ. Um. Which is slightly above her sixth grade reading level. But eventually I gave in and you let know her. What? She must be gifted. Yeah, must be. Eventually I gave in and I let her. I feel so bad for her teachers when they talk about immigration. Reminds me of a convo I had with someone about kids who make professors' lives difficult. Oh, my God. Can you imagine such a vain, self-important group of adults? Parents who it's all about them, all constantly. Tanya, who wrote the original tweet, responds, and she goes, Right? In elementary school, my kids were like, Why do you always have an explanation different from the teachers? And I was like, Because I'm right and they're wrong. Sounds like a fun childhood growing up at Tanya Golosh Boza's house. Oh, Let me tell you. <laughs> really, uh, really lovely there. So maybe Biden should take a few tips from Tanya on uh, how to speak to minorities and people of color. Well, what's and Tanya's Hispanics race? And uh, she's white. She's white. Oh, wait. Well, she's going to be a minority then in, by 2040. <laughs> right. By 2040. This country is going to be minority white European. Hear me? Minority white European. And you guys are going to have to start working more with Hispanics. 
who make up a larger portion of the population, y'all do. Y'all do. By the way, y'all, you know, there's a stark difference between y'all and the Hispanics. Yes, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community (laughs) with incredibly different attitudes about different things. There's your guy. There you go. There you go. But, you know... Uh, you know, cheer up in case you feel dispirited by that. That you're the 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 you're getting we're getting supplanted by the Hispanics, and then you're going to have to work with them because they're going to be the new majority. There's one claim to fame that the Hispanics will never have that uh, those in the African African American community can always be proud of. A black man invented the light bulb, right. not a white guy named Edison. Okay. 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 <laughs> Y'all. And how about COVID vaccines? That's exactly right. I'm the first person, black or white who calls attention to the fact that you were finding that there was the, the rate of people who were African-Americans are dying was three times that of, of, of white people. So Biden has always done this. He projects his voice a lot and very high to be very adamant about things. So you know that in, in, in so, does, so does John Kerry. And it's a thing that politicians do once they've been there for 40 years. They just can't help them. I'm very emphatic about this. So what I'm saying carries absolute credulity. And uh, and you uh, you know you needn't uh, cross examine what I'm saying. I'm so confident what I'm saying that I'm overly stern about it. Damn it! And I'm so passionate that this get that this get to you that this gets into your uh, cerebrum that I'm going to say it with extra force, extra thrust behind it, so it can fly through your ears with. Uh, more velocity than uh, is usually needed so that you understand, damn it. Let's get something straight. You shouldn't be disappointed. What I've done so far is more than anybody else has done this far. Okay? Number one. Number two, I mean what I say when I say it. (laughs) Why the hell is he yelling? Why is he yelling? Do do you notice that yet, by the way? Uh, You know, Folks, leaders in the minority community, this guy seems to yell at black people a lot. You know, ever since Corn Pop, ever since Corn Pop, there's been this brewing hostility. You know, he's ready to throw down with anybody. This is why my buddy Revenal is the best. So Revenal, Revenal is awesome because he's an operator. He knows... You know, uh, you know how the cookie crumbles here, and he knows who to cozy up to here, and uh, and uh, you know make uh, alliances with, and it pays to uh, know the guy in Pennsylvania Avenue. We don't care about throwing fists in the air and the symbols. We want the substance. The Joe Biden I've known is substance. The Kamala Harris I've known is substance. We need it now more than ever. And I would hope that uh, uh, the first day you start uh, doing the things with your executive orders to restore some dignity to law enforcement in our community and to voting. That's right. The Joe Biden I know is uh, tough as nails on this kind of stuff. Nobody can stand up to Joe. Expect about uh, 200 visits to the White House from Al Sharpton. But I like it. The suck uppery is an art, and I respect it. There's some things that I'm going to be able to do by executive order. I'm not going to hesitate to do it. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to do what used to, Vanita, you probably used to get angry with me during the debates when you'd have some of the people you were supporting said, on day one, I'm going to executive order to do this. Just a warning to those of you listening to this cut. There are 52 seconds of it left. And 
there is nothing uh, really funny or blooperish about this particular cut. It's actually, I don't want to let you down because most of these cuts have something that's kind of a hook to them. This is actually a fairly cogent, logical, and sensible statement. Not within the constitutional authority. I am not going to violate the Constitution. There is a Constitution. It's our only hope. Our only hope. And the way to deal with it is where I have executive authority, I will use it to undo every single damn thing this guy has done by executive authority. But I'm not going to exercise executive authority where it's questioned, where I can come along and say, I can do away with assault weapons. There's no executive authority to do away with that. And no one's fought harder to get rid of assault weapons than me. Me. But you can't do it by executive order. If you do that, next guy comes along and says, well, guess what? By executive order, I guess everybody can own machine guns again. So we got to be careful. I know you all know this. <laughs> so even though he's got a knack for sawing off at least one <laughs> syllable of every word he says. Constitutional authority. Yeah. Yeah. Authority. Uh, that was a sound statement. Yeah, that's Joe actually Biden. true. That's yes. accurate. If you do something by executive order, then the next guy can undo it by executive order. That's the whole problem with operating that way. Exactly. And I think what, what Biden is, to be consistent on this, he um, he really set these guys up. He kind of um, laid down suppressing fire or loosened them up with this this heavy yelling artillery for the first part of the meeting, mm -hmm. and then hits them with um, something they probably don't want to hear on defunding the police. I don't think we should make that a big issue going into before January 5th when the election takes place down in, in, uh, um, uh, in uh, Georgia. But I also don't think we should get too far ahead of ourselves on dealing with police reform in that because they've already labeled us as being defund the police. Anything we put forward in terms of the organizational structure to change policing, which I promise you will occur, promise you. Just think to yourself and give me advice whether we should do that before January 5th, because that's how they beat the living hell out of us <laughs> across the country, saying that we're talking about defunding the police. We're not. We're talking about holding them accountable. I just raise it with you to think about how much do we push between now and January 5th? We need those two seats about police reform. But I guarantee you there will be a full blown commission. I guarantee you it's a major, major, major element. And as Reverend Al said, I was I was a pain in the ass to everybody except him when we did the commission before. I didn't think we went far enough. We can go very far. This is a guy who has been in politics for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of um, watching a fine art here. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he, he's not, you know, this is this is not, uh, you know, super genius at work. But his political instincts yeah. are exactly right on. Exactly mm -hmm. right on. And that's good stuff. And it's good to hear this in the meeting. It's good to hear. Um, it, it's just good to hear, actually, one, that he's thinks soundly, at least sometimes. <laughs> and two, that he's laying down the law right now that he's not going to be, that he's not woke Joe Biden. At mm -hmm. least. At least until January 5th. Right, exactly. 
far. It matters how we do it. I think it matters how we do it. As I learned early on, it's all right to question your opponents, uh, and you're not my opponents, any of you. It's always, always appropriate to question your opponent's judgment. It's never appropriate to question their motive, even if you know it. Because once you question their motive, you're done. You can't get anything done. By the way, let's talk about building highways. Mm. By the way, you're in the pocket of the cement industry. Now, what can we do together? Not a chance of getting anything done. What the hell just happened? He's saying that if you want to talk to the person about whether or not to build highways, you shouldn't accuse them of being in the pocket of the cement oh. industry. So you shouldn't question someone's motivations. You oh, should just figure out like what they're I see. what they want to do. That's a good, another good one, Joe. Mm-hmm. So we can be tough, question judgment, not motive to get things done. So there you go, Alice. That was Joe Biden. A He's rather secretly it, recorded. A rather impressive set with so, some oddly <laughs> freaking horrific, uh, you know. So uh, who do you think leaked it? Do you think his people leaked it to make him look more reasonable and moderate? Or do you think the... Wokies leaked it to get him in trouble with the more progressive wing of the party. I think the Wokies leaked it. I think they. I think. Uh, yeah, I think they're. They don't like what they heard, and they want to. They want elicit, like AOC to like publicly exactly. pressure him. They want to elicit a response from those uh, those influencers. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> uh, AOC, by the way. Uh, has uh, spoken at some points about working across the aisle from time to time when she has people she can work with uh, on the big tech stuff. Some of these people, um, and in particular with uh, Josh Hawley, they've been talking about working together to get stimulus passed for Americans. Uh, Mm -hmm. Josh Hawley's one to watch. He is a person who I think um, will have cred with the Trump, Tucker Carlson watching wing of the party because he has some legit uh populist bona fides like these things like working with AOC on the stimulus money to try and get it into the hands of regular people like this stuff about um you know breaking up the big tech giants the big tech has been a hobby horse of his for a while and not uh and he just somehow Josh Hawley comes across a bit less um disingenuous than Ted Cruz. I'm not I don't even necessarily think Ted Cruz is disingenuous, but he just always seems like a weasel, does he not? He's got that. <laughs> he just he It's just an old always... school thing that you don't know a lot of guys like that anymore. <laughs> He's just... like an old character that's like hey, well. You just don't know what Ted Cruz. It just seems a tiny bit put on and I think Part of that is Ted Cruz is just sort of a socially awkward person and he's like put on this personality and it he's wearing it like a suit, but whatever. Anyway, Ted Cruz aside, I just think Josh Hawley comes across um, somehow more um, natural and likable and like he really believes this stuff. One of his big things with big tech has also been, and I've hesitated to raise this topic with you because I know you're not going to agree with me on it, but... Mm. um. One of his favorite topics has been uh, uh, Pornhub. Oh, okay. And uh, Pornhub. Speaking of Hunter Biden. Uh, well, this is kind of unrelated to Hunter Biden. Well, not really, but well. It's tangentially. Tangentially, uh, in the sense of uh, right naked people on videos on computers. I guess that's related. But um, so there was just a huge expose in the New York Times like a few days ago um, about Pornhub. They're uh, a little problematic, 
shall we say. Um, one of the things about Pornhub is that unlike YouTube, for example, um, you can download the video directly from Pornhub. There's just like a button right there where you can download the video and then what, you it, have it. What, it sits on your computer? Yeah. And then you have it. Who the so, frig would do that? Well, I don't know, but... Uh, the problem, well, people that like some of the content on Pornhub you know, that I'm, isn't. I want to make my. I want to live dangerously here. Well, and uh, just... there are people who uh, like some of the content on Pornhub that is not strictly legal. Uh, you know, videos that are filmed without the consent of the person in the video, right. videos of minors, uh, you know, revenge porn. And the thing is, is, you know, once Pornhub gets notified of those, they take them down. Um, but then if you've downloaded a copy, you can re-upload it back up. So say you're a 16-year-old boy and you don't like that your girlfriend dumped you, but you took a naked video of her, you can upload it to Pornhub and then they'll take it down. And then all your friends that all downloaded the video will all keep uploading it to Pornhub. And your poor ex-girlfriend, who's a minor, can't friggin' get rid of the thing. It's just living on forever. And Pornhub has shown very little... Uh, you know, willingness to try and do something about this because they make a lot of money off of this content. Um, and they, they're in Canada, so it's not, well, they're located some weird, like, European country, technically on paper, mm -hmm. but their they're offices where they, their corporate offices in Canada. So um, it's hard for the U.S. to sort of do something about it by law, but um, there was this big expose in the New York Times and they sort of, said, you know, maybe we'll stop doing the downloads or maybe we'll try and do some more moderation because they have um, an incredibly low level of moderation of the content compared to like for the right. amount of They've hours got, like, of content. like 80 people on it who do it, but there's too yeah. much stuff. And there's like thousands and thousands of people that like YouTube or Facebook By has. the way, and those moderators as well, <laughs> yeah, eight straight hours of watching, uh, like, you know, semi. Um, and there's like problems that, you know, when you search like under 18 uh, like a bunch of videos come up, you know, like they, right. they're they're making money off of content that is explicitly child exploitation. I mean, explicitly and implicitly and is and it's like difficult to verify ages. I mean, like if you're an American teenager, you have some recourse with the police and stuff. If you're a Pakistani teenager, it's going to be hard to like get some consequences for this stuff. Like it's they're, they're making money off it. So finally today. MasterCard and Visa have cut ties. They are no longer going to do stuff for Pornhub, which I think is great because they are making money off of illegal trafficking of children, essentially. So this is fabulous. I hope it inspires some real change in the uh, pornography industry and uh, that they take some steps to ensure that illegal stuff stops happening. And I've seen some people on the right who are like, oh, next they'll do this to guns. Well, you know... Gun stores aren't doing anything illegal. And if gun stores were, you know, wantonly selling guns to children and criminals and all kinds of people without doing any background checks and just like brazenly breaking laws and not doing anything about it, not checking IDs and just handing out guns like candy to children, I think you would want them shut down and MasterCard and Visa not to do anything with them, too. You know, uh, in, in a case Can like that. Can I add that, another piece of uh -huh. guidance, Hulls? Yeah. If you're a young woman. <clears throat> do not send naked pictures of yourself to your boyfriend and do not to anyone <clears throat> do not allow yourself to be videotaped knowingly for any reason 
Guys are designed, are designed specifically <clears throat> with the persuasion tools to convince you to do this. Because that's the kind of thing that young men are into. And you should know that it almost never ends well. It never, no time ever does a woman look back and say, you know what? I'm really glad that I let him take my <laughs> ex-boyfriend four boyfriends ago <clears throat> who we had a horrible breakup with. I'm really glad I let him film us making love on the beach that time. I'm really glad, you know, that he had cameras all over his house. You know, that was a good decision for me to send him all these intimate pictures of myself. That was a good decision. It's never a good decision. Young ladies, you are uh, you are better than the men. You don't have to do that. Just throw him off the scent. Send him somewhere else. You know, it's never a good idea. Never gonna young guys. I know that I am now an apostate to you, and I'm <laughs> sorry about that. But that's uh, that's it. You know. Uh, yeah, but that it's it's awful. I mean, and some of those are things. Some of the ones Pornhub has trouble with are things like that. But they also are ones that are filmed with secret cameras. Also, mm -hmm. ones that are blackmail. You know, I mean, it, the list goes on and on. There's all kinds of. Um, scenarios yeah. and they do barely any moderation they allow people to keep re-uploading the same videos they've been facing zero consequences for it and i'm glad that somebody's finally hitting them in the pocketbook or it, hopefully it will hurt them a little bit enough to make some real changes because it's a disaster they are a toxic toxic company that makes money <laughs> off of human Sorry. human suffering and they i i don't have enough anger in me to really express it. But anyway, that's I'm happy well, about I'm that. Sure, I'm Josh sure Hawley is happy about that. This is a big victory for him. He's been celebrating on Twitter. I think it's fantastic. Bring I it have on. some other good news for you all. Okay. Breaking news. New calculations show that the world's carbon dioxide emissions plunged 7% in 2020 because of the pandemic lockdowns. Well, then it was all worth it. Well, now we should make it uh, permanent. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? If I see one more think piece about how we should just make peace with it that things are never going back to normal. I'm going to scream because I like I don't understand how people are like willing to make peace with this. No, I understand. And for, I the like freaking dog is right here. Where I can't stretch my leg. God dang it. Why do we have dogs and kids? Also? <laughs> Seriously. Why don't we just hang out? Uh, they bring us being joy. Single? They bring Who's us, joy. us. They bring no. me joy. Uh, oh, what, did, what did you have to say on Hunter Biden? Oh, right. I just had a few more um, Hunter Biden gems uh, from people who knew a lot better than us back in October and knew a lot better than the New York Post. Um, we had, I read you, Andy Stone. Oh, David from Perfection. The people on the far right and far left who publicized the obviously bogus New York Post story were not dupes. They were accomplices. <laughs> the story could not have been more obviously fake if it had been wearing dollar store spectacles and attached mm, plastic mustache. And then we have NPR, which we pay for, by the way, telling us, why haven't you seen any stories from NPR about New York Post Hunter Biden's story? We don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories. And we don't want to waste the listeners' and readers' time hey. on stories that are just pure distractions. Sorry, I had to yell at the dog because so. the baby stepped on the dog and the dog growled at the baby. So I had to put the dog so on notice that's the, that's, that she wasn't allowed to that's bite the That's the news baby. coverage that you pay for from NPR. They're not going to waste your time on stories that are just pure distractions and, uh, and are not really stories. So, Well, I'm sorry about that, Alice. Uh, you know... He, 
David Frum is a jerk. His wife is awesome, though. That stinks. Anything else, Alice? Or should we say goodbye and uh, allow you to plug ourselves? But I just want to say thank you again um, for listening. We really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. I know by Thursday you're all probably just wrecked, and obviously we drag a little bit, or I drag a little bit sometimes. While I was gone, did you get a chance to um, talk about um, the new hot fashion item at CNN? Oh, no. Go ahead. Um, So today- By the way, a lot of feedback, Alice, on your tank top. A lot of the uh, folks are happy to see you- I didn't see any feedback on On your tank top. Well, I get uh, feedback. You get other feedback? I get feedback. You have back channel feedback? I get feedback. By the um, way, a friend of ours that we'll call, uh, last name begins with K, sends me something very interesting. A little be- piece of uh, <laughs> of uh, something I thought was very good. Uh, where is this? Um, is, do you know a guy, the last name of Crow, and then L, and then Is? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, this one of those sent a – he's very thrilled about the vaccine because he says yeah. – well, he has questions about it. So vaccine, about how they're being distributed. Else, He uh-huh. said – he asked the most important question really about this is, was the vaccine development team diverse? If so, then I'll take it because diversity is our strength. <laughs> and, you know, he makes a very good well, point. Well, Fauci has answered that question yeah, for us he, now, I believe. Yeah, we do. Actually, that is a very good point, Alice. Dr. Kizmekia Corbett. Or Kizzy Corbett. Kizzy is an African-American scientist who is right at the forefront of the development of the vaccine. So the first thing you might want to say to my African-American brothers and sisters is that the vaccine that you're going to be taken was developed by an African-American woman. And that is just a fact. I mean, that is a fact. And I think that's some of the things that people don't fully appreciate. Yeah, and I apologize to our African-American brothers and sisters to for all the pandering to you that <laughs> happens and the insulting it's really embarrassing, to, frankly. Oh, my goodness. But it's okay. Vaccine is on the way. I just talked to somebody um, from um, a hospital for, for my job, for, from a hospital in Middlesex County in Massachusetts today, Alice, and mm-hmm. the vaccine is going to arrive by truck next week there. Yeah, I heard the 15th. Right, the 15th, and it's going to be happening all over the place, so good times are coming, everybody. Time- no, celebrations. Fauci, Fauci told us we still have to wear masks. You still have to if- wear masks till 2024. <laughs> That's fine. The good thing um, is, is if, uh, wait, actually, if we all... Look ahead, else. I didn't get to my CNN story. Okay, do your CNN story. Which is... Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, there's a hot new fashion item. Uh, so today, Kate Boldron uh, was wearing. A- She's the one with the sharp blonde hair. Looks yeah. like it can cut you. <laughs> she was wearing a very fun sweater today. It's a gray sweater, <laughs> and it says "Facts First" on it in pink cursive. So if you feel like making that statement, Matt Dornick from the network uh, told us for everyone messaging us about Kate Boldron's "Fact First" sweater, it's from our friends at Lingua Franca NYC, and it's available on your on their site. I got the men's and navy, but I suspect you'll be less excited to dress like me. He, that guy, and then th- he, was that a gentleman yes. who got the men's version of "Facts First" sh- shirt in navy? It is. He bought one for he him did. to wear. He did, and then he linked the website in case you want to buy it. Um, <laughs> Sunlight hurts my eyes. <laughs> something without warning. 
feeling calm again um so i will be starting a gofundme to get you a facts first sweater because <laughs> it's a little out of my price range i oh, need to tell hopefully you hopefully it's tight too <laughs> i hope so um but uh it's a little out of our price range i yeah. think for our christmas presents that we're buying each other but i hope our listeners can chip in i will be launching a gofundme it? it costs 380 dollars oh facts good first sweater oh so- good that's around the price of most of my shirts <laughs> That's excellent. Good. And I'll wear it at the so next Brooklyn Loft party are, we go to. Is, uh, CNN is now officially hawking $380 sweaters from their friends at boutique New York fashion companies. Um, in any case, we are the Burn Barrel Podcast. We cannot afford $380 sweaters, but you can talk to us about it on Twitter uh, at Burn Barrel Pod, on Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. Send us an email, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Parlor at Burn Barrel Podcast. I just, I just want to take a moment to, to, to drink you in. You can even uh, check out our YouTube channel, which is where you can see the video version of this podcast. It's Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel. You can like our videos, comment, and subscribe. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.